All right, welcome back to the show. It's Andy Dirks, host of Get Your Game Right. It's time to get your game right, get your mind right. Stop worrying about things that don't matter as much. Start worrying about things that are going to help you be successful in baseball and in life. We're absolutely lucky and blessed to have a nine-time gold glove winner. He's a five-time all-star. He played in the big leagues for about 47 years, two-time silver slugger. This guy is one of the best teammates on planet Earth, one of the best individuals on planet Earth. He's a business owner, entrepreneur, major league baseball player, diehard homeboy Christian from the ghetto of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Tory Hunter. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I think I'll pay you 50 bucks and I'll leave it in your old locker for saying all those things. <laughs> well, they're, they're the truth. They're the truth. Uh, I played with a lot of guys. Uh, Tory, by far, obviously, one of the best individuals I've ever played with, uh, just as far as a guy. Uh, Tory, let's just dive right into it. Like your your backstory, everything about you is people people would see Tory Hunter as, oh, you know, he he was a guy that was very talented and played in the big leagues. But most people don't know that Tory came from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Kind of in, in, in more of a, a, a ghetto situation, you know, with lack of a better term, not not yeah. a, not a lot going on. Most people from there don't don't make it and do things that you're doing. What was that? What was that backstory like and kind of your life and how it developed? Oh, man, I, I think that's my that was my foundation. Um, you know, just all the things that I've I went through um, just to get to where I am today. You know, a lot of people see the now. They don't see what any anybody that that had any kind of success, which success I feel like is ongoing, it's forever, it never stops. You don't, you just can't be successful. You can be in, you know, have a, a successful life every day. It's it's a continuous thing, and uh, but you know you have to you have to have a foundation. I think my foundation was, you know, uh, my dad was, you know, on drugs. Uh, um, my, my mom, uh, she was a, a school teacher. Uh, so she really valued education. Uh, but I, I just, I grew up in a rough, rough area. I had friends that rob and steal and kill, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I've hung with those guys. Uh, I, I've always said you have to shift your mindset when you want things to change. And I, I often say the mind is like the ground. So in the ground, if you plant corn, and, and nightshade, uh, nightshade is poisonous. Mm -hmm. So if you plant, plant corn, you can eat it and it's good for you. But if you plant nightshade, you eat it, it's poisonous. So if you, you plant that, the ground is gonna grow poison or good stuff regardless. I think the mind is the same way. If whatever you put in your mind, uh, it's gonna fester and it's gonna grow. And it can grow strong. It can grow strong poison or it can grow something strong enough to, to, uh, to make you great. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, just growing up in a deficit, like in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, there's some good things there. And I had some good people around me, but that was a lot of bad uh, uh, mentalities there. I'll say uh, when you talk about poverty, you have a poverty mindset. And, uh, and, but I, I chose to, to go around people with rich mindsets and, and to help me grow. And uh, that's something I continue to do today. Uh, when people say you have success, you never stop, like I said. And I just, you know, that's something that I always do. I try to be around people with great mindsets. That had great values to bring to the table. 
Right. Yeah. You you've always you've always preached, and even in our in our clubhouse, you know, you being more of a veteran and and had been through it, and been through the you know somebody trying to come in and 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 say you know uh, well you got some money now so you owe me this because we it should have been me it could have been me just as easy as you where you you got to back up and say whoa 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 you know you're degrading what Tory Hunter's worked for his whole life and been working right. towards and and the blood sweat and the tears and the sacrifice that Tory Hunter gave to it I love that philosophy if there's one thing I could say about Tory Hunter it, you can pull up his numbers and and. I haven't even pulled him up, but one thing I know about Tory is adversity. So Tory played yeah. in every generation. It would be at the steroid era, be it the the, the pitchers <laughs> era, be it the he played in them all. And if if you look at this guy's career, you just see consistency throughout every era of that that entire career that he had, which is exceptional. I mean, yeah. bar none, probably one of the most reliable players on planet earth right so what, what well if you look look at the numbers dude like let me pull them up i got baseball reference right here tory hunter batting average 99 you were 23 years old you hit 280 261 298 250 271 269 278 287 278 299 281 260 313 304 386 240 your last year in the big leagues like I was 40 and you were 40 years old and you still hit 20 some homers. But yeah. how do you, how did you stay that consistent? Because your, your ability, you know, you, you're an athletic guy, but you, you become older and you get wiser as you play. How do you continue that kind of consistency throughout that long of a career in that many games? Well, first, you know, baseball, three out of 10, you're a hero. You fell in seven out of 10 times. You do that in basketball or, from the free throw line, you should kill O'Neal. You suck <laughs> at the <laughs> Yeah. You do that at school, three out of ten is the F. Three out of ten at, the, at your job, you're fired. Three out of ten to anything is bad. Only in baseball you can fail seven out of ten times and, and, uh, and hit 300. But mm. there's failure, though, and you have to accept it. That is going to happen. And when you accept it, you actually get over it and make the adjustment quicker. The, the more you dwell on your failures in anything – the the more uh, uh, you the less chance you're gonna have on making adjustment. So that's something that I always pride myself on. I had a guy by the name of Kirby Puckett. He always said, "If you can beat the advanced scout, you can beat the game." So that means I have to know what they're trying to do to me. And when I knew what they tried to what what they were trying to do to me, I can get them to get back to my strength. So once I figure out what my weakness was, say if Chicago White Sox are in town. For the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Chicago White Sox pitches me inside the whole time. And, and, and I didn't try to make the adjustment. I'm trying to hit the ball the other way. And they're jamming me. And now I'm one for 10 for the series. Now the Cleveland Indians come in on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So the Cleveland Indians uh, uh, advanced scout will look at the Chicago White Sox game and say, all right, pitch him in. Me, I have to make the adjustment because I knew how I failed. Now I know my weakness, and when I have a weakness, I can find my strength. Mm -hmm. So once I know my weakness, I found my strength because Cleveland's going to pitch me the same way as the way that I failed in. And yeah. now I just turned on the fastball inside and hit it down left field line and so I can get those guys back to my strength, which is middle away. So that's something that you have to do. You have to make adjustments continuously. 
consistently, and, and that's almost every pitch. Not every day. It's every pitch in baseball. That's the thing of beauty because uh, I, I think most guys that fail with that pride aspect, like, oh, man, he keeps throwing me the curveball. Yeah, because he just struck you out three times in a row with it, you know? Right. And they go back right. to the dugout and they're pissed and they're throwing their helmet as opposed to saying, well, that might be my weakness. How, do, how can I figure out a way to hit one of them? Because if you hit that one curveball, then they're going to go back to something else, right? Because you proved, right. Right? hey, I can hit that pitch. Well, if if you can, if if me, if I was a manager and I had my pitcher on the mound, I threw slider and sliders, and this guy swung through two of them, I'm going to keep throwing it the whole day or the whole his whole career until he figure out he can, how to hit it and make adjustments. Yeah, I think you know instead of saying like, oh, he's scared to throw me a fastball. Well, he's not going to throw you a fastball because he knows your weakness. You don't know his weakness. That's why you can't make the adjustment on him. Mm -hmm. So the key is when you're as a hitter, you have to know the pitcher's weakness because his whole his job is to find out your weakness. And once he finds it out, he's going to stay with it. But if you feel like you don't have a weakness, then you're in trouble. And I think that's how men and women or whoever it may be, they get defeated because they don't know their weakness. They know their strength. But me as the enemy going out, I'm going after your weakness. Yeah. And at the plate, you have to figure out what this guy's trying to do to you. Worry about your enemy and not be your uh, enemy of yourself. Because we focus on our mechanics and we focus on getting our foot down. We focus on us so much that we forget what the enemy is trying to do to us. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. If you have a weakness, so we all like to work on our strengths. You know, if, if you're good at one thing, you love to do it. It's fun. But your weaknesses, usually we, we kind of we stay away from them. Because we don't like to, to see other people see us fail when we're practicing and things. How, how do you approach a weakness uh, to at least be sufficient enough at it to, to where you can get back to your strengths? You know, your, your strength is your strength. You're good at it. And you, you got to tune it up like anything else every once in a while. But your, your weaknesses, you have to work hard, consistently, and diligently. You have to have... Uh, uh, it's like a compounded mm -hmm. effect. The more you do something, the better you get at it. The more you, you, the more you invest your money, the more money you put away, mm -hmm. the more you gain, right? So just like in, in, uh, in, in baseball, just I'm using baseball like always, uh, the more you throw, somebody throw me slider, I couldn't hit the slider. That was my weakness. And in and, and 95, 96, my weakness was a slider. If you threw a fastball, I destroyed it. So Rod Carew said, hey, I'm here for spring training. I'm here six weeks. We're going to go to the cage every day, and I'm going to throw you sliders. He threw me sliders every morning at 7.30 a.m. and just sliders, 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 sliders. And he told me to look for the pitch up, the one that's up, that's at your chest, swing at it. The one that looks like a strike is deceiving. When you swing, mm -hmm. it's going to go down in the dirt. So he just threw me. He pounded me with slider and slider and slider. Six weeks later, I got better. Then the next spring training, he threw me sliders and sliders and sliders and sliders. And within the next two years, you could not throw me a slider or I would demolish That's beautiful. And that's how you got to recognize your weakness and look in the mirror and look at self first and never look at someone else and say it's his fault for not helping me. You have to look in the mirror and say, all right, this is my weakness. I need to work on it. And that's what, that's what we have to do and have that reality. Look in the mirror. 
is us. The, and all that repetition, it seems monotonous. And even Torrey Hunter, one of the best baseball players of all time, it took him two years to be able to demolish the slider, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It's something that's – it's a yeah. continual process that, like you said, that compounding interest over time, it gets better. You, you can't, you can't yep. just expect that result tomorrow, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no – there's no – I mean, you can go and look at all the gimmicks that's online. You can look at all the gimmicks on infomercials and all that stuff. No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. You can time your bat speed. You can do all those things. Steady growth is mm-hmm. what makes you successful. Slow, steady growth. So, you you know, everybody wants an app for everything today. You know, everybody wants a pill that, to help them get rid of things today. But what you have to do is really put in the work on the ground level and reboot yourself and rebuild yourself to get to where you need to be. And baseball is the same way. Everybody wants that that, that, uh, that one gimmick that'll help them hit for power. That's why you mm-hmm. had steroid era, because they wanted something to cheat fast yeah. on. You know what I mean? And uh, instead of just putting in the work, or you're not that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, one of the two. And so I, I definitely think that uh, we have to get away from that, that mindset because it's starting to get, you know, uh, uh, to spread in, in our American mindset and every aspect of our lives. And not just sports, but in sports, you, you, you know, you have people I know that have Tommy John surgery uh, just for the, you know, the hell of it because they want their son to really never to get hurt or throw harder. Yeah. You, you yeah. Heard they're that dealing before? with that big time right now in the, in, in the youth, youth side of it, the kids side of it. Yeah. So it's a, it's dangerous to have a surgery regardless. Uh, you don't know if you're mm-hmm. going to bounce back from that, but they're, you know, it's like these things that they want get rich quick schemes and uh, and, and to to you know not and not put in the work to make yourself better. And you look at most of the guys that are successful: uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Greg Maddox, John Smoltz. You you can name a, a lot of guys. These guys put in some work. They've done some things. Griffey, the best player in the game, I bet you hit his whole life. Mm-hmm. He was around his dad his whole life. And all his dad did was throw to him every day. You just can't. Yeah, you're born with it, but only with repetition and hard work that you can really uh, get to a point where you have some success. You just can't be born uh, 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 hitting home runs. Six Prince, plus Prince home builder, runs. same you way. Have to like put in the work behind a, the a lot of. Uh, it's kind of like that. It, where does it manifest? You know, and it takes time to make it manifest into something that's extremely productive. Uh, I, I think with the get your game right thing, what we're doing is building a program that's a daily reoccurring program that we're doing a little bit every single day, as opposed to a lot one day and nothing for the next five. Right. But a little, little, some, if, right. as long as you're doing something on the daily basis to get better, that's where you see it manifest. Right. And if it's something that, you know, most kids know that they don't have a strong arm, you know, you know, you can build your arm up by throwing long toss as much as you can, you know, while you're at a, a, a youth level and, and, and build that up. And by the time you get to high school where, you know, high school, junior high, you're like, wow, my yeah. arm is stronger. You know, you just have to put in the work. There's nothing about success that's easy. On the, matter of fact, 
the the thing before you get before you get success, there's fear and failure. Then you have to hurdle that yep. to get success. And then that's success is just a goal completed. But there's many other goals that you have to complete. And fear stands in the way of every last without one a doubt. Of so you're, you're as many gold gloves as you've won is uh, all my kids combined age total. With the defensive side of the ball was a big deal. And I think a lot of young guys, they don't understand that, you know, to play, if you want to play at the highest levels and you want to do this, your defense has to come with you. Because you can control that defensive aspect more than the hitting aspect. Oh, yeah. I mean, hitting, hitting is, it, it's like a box of chocolate. <clears throat> it mm-hmm. comes and goes. Uh, but defense, it never slumps. You know, defense can actually get me out of a slump. So if I'm having a bad day at the plate, I will go on defense and say, you know what? No one's getting a hit. And I'm running balls down. I'm robbing home runs. I'm diving for, for, uh, for balls and different things like that. And I go home feeling great, not knowing that I struck out three times that day because I, I just saved three mm. runs. They're like RBIs. Every time you make a diving play and throw somebody out, they're like RBIs. And uh, so I think personally in the playoffs, in clutch situations, pitching defense is going to be the one that determines the win or loss. You know, because a guy, guy will hit a ball if it's a mistake. And we know in the playoffs, it, it, the playoffs is like every pitch is like, oh, oh, you know, because those yep. pitchers are dialed in. You watch some of these games and you wonder why, oh, why isn't this guy getting a hit? You know, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, why, why is he struggling? Look at the way the pitchers are pitching that guy. Like, <laughs> he's facing number one, number you're, one and number two and you're, of the league. That's why they're in the world. And their, their the focus playoffs. is on point. You're trying to, as a hitter, what we're trying to do is is pick out what that pitcher is trying to do to us. If, if they've been doing that all year and the playoffs, they'll change it a little bit, right? So it's like that in, in at bad adjustment, it's the ultimate cat and mouse game, which you were always great at. Like you were the first guy that ever uh, uh, came to me and was like, hey, you see his glove when, when he opens that glove and flares his glove, you know, a changeup's coming. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, can you go through, <laughs> go through some of that? That's, that's advanced stuff. That's very advanced stuff. But like things you looked at when you saw that pitcher in the windup and he would flare his glove, Tori already knew it was coming. Right. I mean, it's just, that was something that was a, like a hand-me-down, you know, uh, it, it should be hand, hand down from, you know, one player to another. So it was handed down uh, uh, from mm-hmm. Paul Molitor, which was the, you know, former uh, manager and former MVP of the World Series, former Hall of Fame. Well, actually a Hall of Fame. And, uh, and he actually taught me how to do this in 1999. It took me a while, but by the time I got to 2001 and two, I knew it. And that's how I made my first All-Star because 80% of the league mm-hmm. tipped their pitches. Once they get in the rhythm, they never think about it. So I kind of start doing that when you grip a changeup, it's a bigger grip and their glove flares. And if I can see the changeup, then I can eliminate it or look for it. If you don't throw, if you don't throw strikes with the changeup, then I'm just going to take it. But I know that that's your secondary pitch. And I know you're going to try to throw a strike in this situation. I just get it up and I'll sit on it and hit it. Uh, might not get a hit because you can hit the ball hard. Know what's coming, hit the ball hard. Just like in batting practice, you know a fastball's coming, and you still pop up. Yeah, exactly. Cage. So, you know, a lot of times I knew what was coming, and, and, and I still didn't get a hit. I just hit the ball hard, and I, I land. 
uh, you, you, you fail the plan, your plan is going to fail. And I would study at night. I would sit up all night and just watch the pitcher's tendencies. How's he throwing? And then I first, the second thing I do is look at his glove and, uh, and see if he's tipping his pitches or the height of his glove or him breathing. Did he breathe on the fastball? Did he not breathe on, you know, did he hold his breath to throw all speed? Did he breathe out? You take a deep breath on the fastball. It's a lot of yeah. different things and, that you should look for and uh, tendencies that you should look for to get the advantage over the, the, the one guy that has probably has the advantage over you as well. And that's extremely high-level stuff. I, Tori, I know you got a call coming in to talk to the twins here. Uh, last, last little thing. So uh, when, when you decided, hey, he's going to throw me an off-speed pitch, or he's, I know he's throwing the slider, how did you approach that as, as far as your mindset or setting on pitches? Because that's one hard thing that I see uh, younger guys they struggle with it big time to trust and then execute, right? I know he's throwing me the yeah. curveball. He struck me out on the curveball three times in a row. I know he's throwing the curveball. What's your mental approach when you know that that pitch is coming? Well, if you know that a pitch is coming, the first thing you have to do – I mean, first of all, if, if you've never worked on it, it doesn't matter. Mm. You have to – if there's a curveball that's coming and you swung at two of them, and you know it's coming again, but you don't know the height of a curveball because you never had repetition of a curveball thrown to you because you can't tell whether it's, you know, that's going to be a strike or a ball. The key is to get the curveball up. Mm -hmm. Anything up at your shoulders that's a curveball, I call it a gift from God. Don't miss your blessing. <laughs> yeah. you have to, you, I always said that. I know you heard me say that, but you always swing at those. The ones that look like a strike, not a, it's not a strike. That's what a curveball does and a slider does. It's deceiving. Mm -hmm. It looks like a strike, but it's not a strike when you swing. So you have to look at something that's out of the strike zone to, and, and try to jump on that. But for me, you know, if I didn't know what was coming, I would sit fastball and, and it, like in between of what he throws. So if he throws 95 miles an hour, I would sit at 90 when I had two strikes. Mm. So when I had two strikes, I didn't want to strike out. I stayed with the fastball, but at a 90, 91 mile an hour fastball so I could make adjustment on his off speed. Yeah. And I wanted to be late on the fastball so I could foul it off and just fight until I'm able to make good contact. Mm -hmm. You know, I, today we have a, a lot more uh, of the young guys who swing. They go dead red fastball with two strikes. And, and, it's, and then you have coaches that pat them on the back for striking out. Well, think about it, kids. If you strike out you in a man on third or, or anything, you had no shot, period. It doesn't matter how you make contact, when you make contact, long as you make contact. And when you make contact, things happen. You can run down the line, the guy can throw it away, and then you go end up at second, and now base hits is done, and now you, uh, you score a run to tie the game up. Yeah. But you have to make contact. Yeah, strikeouts are part of the game. But we don't congratulate strikeouts. No. You know, the pitchers, we do. Pitchers, yeah, we love when you strike them out. But I also love when pitchers pitch the contact and let the defense work because after a while, your defense gets flat. And then if you're trying to strike out everybody, they get bored. And then when the balls hit, they get flat on their heels and they can't get to the balls because, you know, you're not throwing strikes. I think that's why we see a lot of lot, a lot less consistency in younger players coming up too is because when you go into a funk 
what I would always go back to, just put the ball in play. You know, yeah. I, like some at bats in the big leagues, I'd say, oh, do whatever you can to put this ball in play somewhere up the middle. That was my yep. – because I was not feeling good. My swing wasn't feeling right. But what happened was I would have that success. And I might hit a ground ball to the shortstop, but, it, but it, it was getting me back on track to where I needed to be, to where now these yeah. cats, if they go into a funk, they don't know how to get out of it because they don't even know how to fight to put a ball in play. Right, right. They, they, I mean, you can look at it in a big league level. I mean, you see the new, the new wave of kids. I'm not saying they can't play because these guys are talented. Yeah. But you see a lot more strikeouts and nobody really talking about it because we're uh, last year and then now this year is the highest uh, strikeout ratio we've ever had in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also home runs are, are up and there's a lot more home runs, solo home runs in, in, uh, in baseball for the first time in history. It's, so it's, it's, and, and we also have the most pop-ups in the, most pop-ups ever in the history of the game. So all I'm saying is we have to kind of get away from the, the thought of a launch angle of trying to swing up. Mm-hmm. The launch angle is caught when you catch the ball out in front. That's right. That's when the launch angle starts. It doesn't start right away in your swing where your shoulder goes up. You actually go straight to the ball, and, and when you get it out in front, that creates the launch angle. So the key is to go straight to the ball. One reason why John Carlos Stanton it might be struggling in the postseason and struggled in the postseason is because in the postseason, you have to have a short swing. It's not about you. It's not about you hitting home runs. You have to have the shortest swing possible in the playoffs. During the season, you can hit home runs and, and, and hit two or three home runs and strike out three or four times, right? Yeah. But, and people love your home runs because you got tomorrow. But in, in the postseason, you have to make the adjustment and cut your swing down to get for, go for the base hit. Now, he was trained to hit home runs. And now in the postseason, you're telling him to shorten his swing, swing up, and he's never been to the playoffs. So it's going to be hard for him to make that adjustment. But I can tell you, John Carlos Stanton just got better because he knows next time he's going to cut his swing down. That's a fact, and that's something I go back to. I saw those articles about him, and I was like, you're, you're basically one of the hardest-working guys in the big leagues, a guy who really gets after it every day, wants to get better. He's going to figure it out. That's one thing you can right. guarantee about a guy like that. Same way with you. Like, and you look at your, your career numbers, the consistency – is unbelievable. Like if people don't realize how hard it is to be that consistent in life, let alone at the highest level. The cool thing is now, now you're learning how to do that outside of baseball in your business, uh, in the business world. Right. So it's like, yeah. I know, I know if there's one thing on planet earth, Tory Hunter is fine. Always finds ways to be consistent and be great at what he does, man. And, and yeah. I, you, you trickle that down, just the information you're giving these people now. You're, you're a guy that gives back to the game. I love you so much. I know you got to go. I don't want to keep you any longer. But, dude, love you. Thanks for being on the show, man. Is there one last thing, little, little tidbit, little tidbit to give to the, to the, to the people, the good people? <laughs> well, I, I've always said it, man. Accept failure. It's one thing we do not want is failure in our lives. I've, I've been to the point where I didn't, I couldn't accept failure or nobody accept failure because that's part of your growth. And if you're comfortable, then you're not growing. When you're uncomfortable in the situation, you have growth. That means you're trying to get better. You're learning different things and 
the richest place in the world is the graveyard. And if you if you uh, uh, go back and you look in a graveyard, everybody that had dreams and hopes and goals and inventions, they didn't do them. They didn't never start them. So now everything, all the treasures in America, all the treasures in the world are in the graveyard because they died and never st took a step towards their dream. So create it first. It's a two-step two process. Create it and then follow through and take your first step. So if you guys have dreams and goals, take that step and do. There's no, there's no hoping. There's no dreaming. It's nothing but faith. And that means step and go do it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Quality you know dude, it. quality individual. He's about to get on the phone with uh, the Minnesota Twins, probably some, for some classified stuff that we can't talk <laughs> about yet. But Classified. Yeah, classified. classified. People, people want want to know Tori's brain and love you, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we'll be in touch. Hopefully, we can have you on another one. I know people are going to have more questions and, and thoughts and comments. Well, definitely. Let's let's count on that date because I am going to come back on the show. And I, I appreciate you for having me, Dirks. Cool, man. You can uh, hit us up at Andy Dirks Baseball on Instagram. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, the Andy Dirks public profile figure. Hit up Tori on Instagram. See what he's got going on. Uh, uh, great baseball mind. Great baseball person. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Leave your comments. Leave anything that we that you think is valuable. If you have questions for me, if you have questions for Tori, we'll get to them as soon as possible. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.